Welcome to Fireside Football presented by Empire Sports Media. You're here with Brendan Carpenter and Dylan Price. And Dylan, man, it has been a long time since we've recorded one of these. How have you been? I've been good. It's been a minute. I'm excited to get back. There's a lot to talk about in the NFL, um, the surrounding kind of storylines of the upcoming offseason, and then the playoffs coming up. So I'm excited. How have you been? Been good, Dylan. I just want to start off by wishing everyone a happy and healthy new year. And I mean, we could not ask for a better way to start the new year with what's going on in the NFL tomorrow. Uh, So let's get right into it. So in week 17, which is tomorrow. There's only four games that do not have playoff implications. Jets-Patriots, Vikings-Lions, Raiders-Broncos, and Chargers-Chiefs. Now, the Chargers-Chiefs are because the Chiefs have already clinched, you know, the number one seed, so that has no meaning whatsoever, really. So, we'll skip those. So, let's start with the AFC here and what's going on tomorrow. The Dolphins, Titans, Ravens, Browns, and Colts are all 10-5, and Dylan. And one of those teams will not make the playoffs. So there is a lot on the line for each of those teams tomorrow. So before we talk about the games, which of those five teams, the Dolphins, Titans, Ravens, Browns, and Colts, do you think have the best shot of making noise in the playoffs? Um, I would say I, I don't have that much faith in the Browns and the Ravens right now. Um, the Ravens because they've been unproven in the playoffs in years past. And then the Browns, because, well, they're the Browns. I mean, they're not necessarily the most stable franchise. They just lost to the Jets last week, so that says enough about them. But as for the Dolphins and the Titans, I think there's an aspect of kind of consistency that you see with the way they go about things. The Colts are a wild card to a dark horse as well. But if I had to be a betting man in this situation, I'd probably put my money on the Titans to make a deeper run. I think the Dolphins have more things going for them if Fitzpatrick's back soon and then they have that starter-closer relationship. Is that just because you think that they're a safer bet because you kind of know what you're going to get with them? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is because with the Titans, I mean, you're missing your star left tackle, which they've been missing for a bulk of the year, and Taylor Luan, who's kind of the gel of that offensive line. And you have little to no pass rush, so in... There's a lot that has to go right for Tennessee. They have that kind of run reminiscent of what they did last year. But with the Dolphins, as long as the quarterback situation is somewhat stable, they could make a deep run in the playoffs, potentially. All right, so let's talk about the games here now, Dylan. So the first of those teams is the Dolphins, and they play the Buffalo Bills. Now, we don't know for sure if Josh Allen's going to be playing tomorrow or not. Um, Sean McDermott, the head coach, when asked about it, said that that's an internal decision obviously, and they're not going to really talk about it much before the game. So, assuming Josh Allen does play, the Dolphins will be without Ryan Fitzpatrick, who recently tested positive for COVID-19. And while he's not the starter, Brian Flores likes to say that he has a relief pitcher. Um, So if two is struggling, Fitzpatrick will come in, and that's the way it's been really most of the season. So it's strictly up to Tua against the Bills. And You know, the Bills are kind of playing for something too, Dylan, because if they lose and the Steelers win, although they'll be without Big Ben, then the Bills will fall to the three seed. So knowing that, do you expect Josh Allen to play? And if Josh Allen does play, how do you feel about the Dolphins in this one? Um, If Josh Allen does not play, let's start there. If Josh Allen does not play, I think the Dolphins have a very good shot to win this game. But if he does play, the problem is that Um, Although the Dolphins' defense is very good, last time they played the Bills, they 
got 31 put up on them. And you're coming off a game for the Bills where they just dropped 39 on the Patriots. This offense is firing on all cylinders, and I think that they're playing with a lot of fun and energy right now, and I think that that's going to be something that's hard to beat if Josh Allen plays. If he doesn't play and they go about this as a resting kind of game, then I think the Dolphins have a good shot to win this. But, I mean, Flores, you hit the nail on the head. It's kind of like Andy Pettit and Mariano Rivera right now. You have Tua come out, and you need a solid start out of him, and then Fitzpatrick come in as the Mariano and have to lock it down to get the game over and won. But right now, it's like you're going to have to count on Andy Pettit to pitch uh, close to a complete game right now. And Tua's done that to this point, but it's not always been the most impressive stat line or the most impressive showing. So if Tua has a very good game, even if Josh Allen plays, the Dolphins could be in it. But this game hinges on whether or not Tua plays well because the defense just has to keep the Bills contained as well. And even if they can, Tua has to play well. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins' defense has been really, really good this season, to say the least. They've been one of the top defenses in the NFL week in and week out, and they cause a ton of turnovers. So, you know, if that defense continues to play how they've been, I think the Dolphins have a real shot. So the second team is the Titans, who you already said you believe has the best chance to make a noise in the playoffs out of these 10-5 and five teams. So the Titans play the Texans, whom they beat 42-36 to earlier this season. So going into this game, I'm sure you're expecting the Titans to win and, you know, take one of the playoff spots, right? Um, I, I'm hoping for Titans, or for Titans fans, because I tend to root for the Titans, I guess, in a sense, because I think they're a fun team. I like Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel a lot. So I have high hopes for the Titans, but this could be a trap game. Um, a lot of these games could be trap games, like the um, some of the other ones we're going to look at in a sec, but... I mean, the Texans really don't have anything to play for. J.J. Watt came out with a fiery speech last week that maybe that lit up the locker room a little bit, but I don't see it doing too much because the Titans need to win this game, and I think Mike Vrabel is going to come out ready, and I think this team is going to put up a good showing against the Texans to close out their regular season and send the Texans into an offseason that's going to be very crucial for them. Yeah, I think the Titans win this game, but you know, ever since Romeo Cornell took over for the Texans, they've been a much better and much more competitive team. So it's not like the Texans are just going to roll over and give Tennessee this win. It's going to be a it's going to be a hard fought battle uh, to the very end. The Ravens play the Bengals. Now, how confident should Ravens players, Ravens fans, Ravens organization, whatever, how confident should they be in Lamar Jackson for this game? knowing that Cincinnati just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, it's tough. When the bright lights have come on, Lamar Jackson has not been himself. So that's something, because this is a big game. I mean, the Ravens' future kind of hinges on it, at least for this game, because this is a very, very crucial game for the playoff standings. And the Bengals are coming off an upset win last week and don't have anything to lose. They don't have anything to lose, and nothing is scarier than a team with nothing to lose. And they're trying to finish the season on a high note without Joe Burrow, go 5-10-1, and one, and that would be a successful season, I think, for them, especially with your star quarterback going down with a season-ending injury. And the Ravens have everything to lose. I mean, this is a team that was expected to be the number two seed in the AFC, and they have just not been themselves this year. They've picked up steam in the last few weeks, which gives me hope for them against the Bengals, but I don't see them... I don't necessarily see them getting upset, but this could be a trap game. I mean, there is the potential of it, but I do think the Ravens, just because of how well they've been playing recently, will likely win this game. 
All right, so you mentioned the idea of trap games a little bit earlier. The Browns are playing the Steelers, who will have Mason Rudolph at quarterback because Big Ben will be resting. After losing to the Jets and their facility being shut down again, I mean, this is setting up to be a real trap game for the Browns because, you know, it seems like they play well against really good teams and then against teams that they should handle pretty easily. It's not always that way. So, I mean, is this a trap game? Could you see the Browns losing this one to the Mason Rudolph-led Steelers? I I definitely could, Brendan. I mean, this is a game where... Big Ben didn't play his best football in the last few weeks. Neither has the defense without Bud Dupree and um, and with Alex Highsmith. I mean, they're missing a lot of people on defense. Yes, they are really hurting on defense. So that's definitely another aspect of this. But And now they're missing Joe Hayden tomorrow. So there's a good opportunity that the, Bron- or the Browns could win this game. However, I do think that if the Steelers are complacent and not necessarily playing with their hard on their sleeves because they really don't have to win this game. I think you could see the Browns win this game, but... Yeah, but remember, Dylan, if they win and the Bills lose, the Steelers jump to two. That's crucial, but it's not necessarily something that I could see the players getting all fired up and energetic for, especially if it's a um, a Browns lead early. But I do think, though, that the Steelers are the better team, especially when you head towards the playoffs. And I think that the Browns are coming off a... Tough loss last week, even though they were missing their entire receiving room. Um, I just, I don't know. I've come, I've gone back and forth on this game, but I think that the Browns, the Browns could lose this game, and I think they do lose this game. In all honesty, I just think it's a tough game for them to win because I think they're gonna kind of, they're gonna try to make a statement, and at what cost? Because last week they couldn't run the football at all, so I think this week they'll try to pound the rock a little more, and I think if the Steelers front has a good game this is going to be a rough day for the Browns now something else about this game Dylan that I love is that Miles Garrett was named a captain for this game and we all know what happened between Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph last time they played so I think that just adds a little bit more excitement to this game um with already you know everything that's going on and what this game means so I you know I'm, I'm excited for that hopefully nothing happens Dylan but you know it adds some excitement so the final 10 and 5 team is the Indianapolis Colts. They play the Jaguars, to whom they lost in Week 1. That was the only Jaguars win. But, I mean, they shouldn't be worried about this one, right? The Jaguars really have nothing to play for here? Um, they have, they have a right to play to lose in this game because if they win this game, then the Jets and the Jaguars, as long as the Jets lose to the Patriots as well, they would swap first-rounders every round. So the 33rd pick would go to the Jets, which is something that is kind of crucial because that's a pretty valuable second-rounder because it's your pick of the players that slip out of the first round. So I think that's a big pick, and it's something that could be playing for. James Robinson's not playing. This team doesn't have anything to play for to win. Um, Doug Marone's likely out. I think it's kind of well-known. I think the Colts are going to come out. They need to win this game, and they're going to try to avenge that early season loss that was a blemish on the uh, resume of the Colts because otherwise they'd likely be dominating. And I mean, a 12 and 4 team sounds a little better than an 11 and 5 team or a 10 and 6 team. So I think that the Colts would be in a more higher tier within the AFC if they had had that win. So I think they're going to look to avenge this. I think the Colts do win this game, but if they overlook the Jaguars, I mean, the Jaguars are still a group of professional football players and coaches looking to maybe 
put a good performance out there. The coaches, some of the staff could save their jobs. I don't think Marone's going to, but I mean, if they start playing for some of these guys and some of these guys are trying to make the 53-man roster next year, maybe you see an upset. I don't see it happening. I think the Colts win this one pretty handedly. All right, now a little side question here, Dylan. Watching the college football playoff semifinal last night between Clemson and Ohio State, Justin Fields balled out. He looked much better than Trevor Lawrence. I think Fields had six touchdowns in that game. Is there any chance, if Fields balls out in the national championship game, is there any chance the Jaguars take Fields over Lawrence? I mean, I would love it. I think you would too, Brandon. I mean, the idea of Lawrence yeah, get going Trevor to and Green and White. the Jets at two, and it would be almost everything you always expected, but... Uh, I mean, I like the Fields fit in Jacksonville better than I like Lawrence's fit, in all honesty. I think Lawrence would fit just about anywhere, but Justin Fields would kind of fit that style of their team more, and I think those young and hungry players would kind of rally behind Fields a little more. I mean, you suggested that early in the season, that Fields would be a good fit there when they were supposed to get the two, but I don't see it happening because how do you pass up on a guy who's so good in Trevor Lawrence but I mean if he has a good combine and he I, however they're going to do the combine this year but if he has a good combine and some good interviews I could see Fields possibly getting into the conversation at one just because of how amazing he played yesterday and if he plays well in the national championship game but ultimately the drop-off between Lawrence Wilson and Fields is a decent one I don't know how substantial it is after the bowl games that Wilson and Fields have put up but it's still a big one and there is a possibility of fields there, but I mean, I'd be happy if they went fields, but I don't think they go fields. I think they ultimately will go Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, if the Jets end up going quarterback at two, I think that fields is the choice because, I mean, there's been a lot of talk of Zach Wilson going too, but if you look at Zach Wilson's collegiate career compared to Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, this is really his only good season in college football his two seasons prior I mean he didn't have spectacular games and spectacular numbers he just really burst onto the scene this year so I think Justin Fields should be the pick if the Jets go two, just because of his consistency and I think he is just a you know he's a better athlete than Zach Wilson too I just think that the problem with Fields is that if you look at the way their games would transition to the next level I mean you you can't question Wilson's statistics this year when he had a 73.5% completion. Oh, no, this year he was fantastic. An enterprise rent-a-car salesman, because these aren't, (laughs) uh, not to discredit BYU players, because they're all very talented to play collegiate football, but if you're looking at the crop of receivers that he's throwing to at BYU versus what Fields is throwing to at Ohio State, Oh, it doesn't even compare. that's definitely something to be said, and then also the fact that Look at Ohio State quarterbacks in the fast. In that system, transitioning to the NFL, there's not necessarily been a big transition, and Fields still looks a little raw. I think that I I would go Wilson personally. There is a case to be made for Fields, but I I currently have it Lawrence Wilson Fields. But if Fields plays well against Alabama, that could change, especially if it is a good combine as well. It'll surely be interesting. But l- let's continue here, Dylan, with Week 17, because this is in the immediate future. The Buccaneers host the Falcons. With a win, Tampa Bay clinches the five seed in the NFC. With a loss and a Rams win, who will be, who will be without Jared Goff, the Rams pass the Buccaneers. Now, all signs are kind of pointing towards Tampa Bay staying at five, being that they're playing the Falcons and the Rams will not have Jared Goff. So, I mean, is this game really as important as some other games, do you think? Like, do you think that 
Atlanta has a shot because their offense is good, but their defense is kind of iffy week to week. What are you expecting out of this game? Um, I'm expecting the guys to go out there and play for Raheem Morris because he's he's not done a bad job as the interim head coach. This is still the Falcons team, though, that has a little bit of a losing identity, so that's concerning. Um, if they win this game, I don't necessarily know how much it really does change the coaching search in Atlanta. I don't think Raheem Morris ends up getting the job. I know they're high on him there, but I think that the guys are going to go out and play for him. They're going to go out and play for their jobs, but the Buccaneers, they're locked in right now. They don't necessarily have... Right, they're locked in for the playoffs, but do you think that them switching out of the five, do you think that makes a huge difference for them in their Super Bowl contention, or do you think that, you know, because they're going to be the away team regardless, they're they're not going to be a home team for the first game, so do you think that it really matters to them? Um, not entirely, I mean... it's not something that's that crucial, but I think that I think they will probably win this game just because the Falcons' defense has been, ugh. But I think it's going to be a tight game, but I do think they do win it, but I wouldn't put it past the Falcons to go out there and play for Morris and pull off a win, but I do think the Bucks win. And I don't think it matters that much whether or not they have the fifth or the sixth seed because ultimately, if they make it through the NFC, then they have a home Super Bowl. And that's right. something that's kind of big, Absolutely. especially if there is some level of fans there, depending on how things are with the vaccine and the pods and whatever things they've pitched. But that could be something, too. I mean, if they have a home Super Bowl, Brendan, that would be pretty cool. That would be fantastic to watch, uh, even though it's Tom Brady, you know, Dylan. But the NFC East, Dylan, the NFC East, one of the worst divisions in football that I've ever seen is actually surprisingly interesting right now. And this weekend, tomorrow, is going to be very interesting. The Giants, Cowboys, and Washington football team all have a shot to win the division. The only team that's been eliminated is the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Washington's in control of the division right now. If Washington beats Philadelphia, they win the division. If the Cowboys beat the Giants and Washington loses then Dallas wins the division. If the Giants win and Washington loses, then the Giants get the division. Which team do you like to win this division? And which team do you think has the best chance to be competitive in the playoffs? Not necessarily win a game because, you know, regardless of them winning the division and hosting a playoff game, I don't think they'll be favorites. But which team do you like? Um, I like Washington for both. This team has fought through so much this year with Ron Rivera battling cancer and Alex Smith in his comeback campaign. It would only be fitting that they at least make the playoffs. I think that would be cool for them, especially in this division and how bad it's been. Um, seven and nine going into the playoffs, they're not going to get much respect. A team could choose to overlook them. It is still the playoffs. But that defense is very good. I mean, that's a defense that could have the potential to shut down one of these playoff teams and shock them. I could see them maybe making it into the divisional round, not much farther than that. But I would say Washington has the best chance to win both the division and the and to make some noise in the playoffs. I mean, I don't necessarily see the Cowboys pulling it off, especially because if the Redskins or sorry football team wins, then it's over. But I mean, if the Cowboys win and the football team loses, I do think the Cowboys could be 
a team that makes a little noise in playoffs, but I, I don't think that they would make a run whatsoever. I think the football team has the best chance to both win the division and make some noise. What about you, Brendan? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think Washington obviously has the best chance because they if they win, it's over. I mean, Dallas and New York both have to hope for a Washington loss, and then they have to win. Um, yeah, I like Washington, too, um, for the other part of that, where if they get to the playoffs, they have the best chance to be competitive because their defense is really, really good. Um, and, you know, Alex Smith would be back for the playoffs. And, I mean, when he leads this team, they're they're a pretty solid team. I mean, there's nothing really that you can point to and say, you know, they're going to get bested in every single spot. So I like Washington. But, I mean, if Washington loses, Dylan... For football fans, for NFC East fans, for whoever, you could not ask for a better game to decide a, div- a division than the Giants versus the Cowboys. I mean, that divisional rivalry added on to the fact that whoever wins could win the division is just going to be really, really fun to watch, and it's going to be a really high-intensity game if that's the case. I think, yeah, I agree. I think they're going to have a lot of guys playing with juice and energy and flying over the field, but... I, I don't see the Giants winning this game, but they're a young team. I mean, they could pull it off, but I think this is a game where the Cowboys and that experience of Mike McCarthy could come in handy because you've got Daniel Jones and Joe Judge versus Andy Dalton and Mike McCarthy, and I would go with the veterans in this scenario. Yeah, and also, Dylan, I mean, if Washington loses and then Dallas beats New York, I mean, I would say 90% of the people we work with here at ESM is going to be upset because they're like all Giants fans, Dylan. So if that's the case, I will make a group chat, me, you, Alex Wilson, and we will text him saying Giants are right where the Jets are. They're going to be playing golf together. But all right. So next game, Dylan, Cardinals-Rams. The Rams clinch a playoff spot with a win or a Chicago loss or tie, although ties are very unlikely to happen. So... They need to win. They're playing the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals going into this game are favorites, partially because Jared Goff it will not be playing for the Rams as he just had surgery on his hand. So, Arizona basically needs to win also to clinch a playoff spot. How do you feel this game will go knowing that Jared Goff isn't playing? And if Arizona makes it, you and I are very high on the you and I are very high on the Cardinals. If Arizona makes it, how much noise can they make with that electric offense? Well, first thing first, uh, don't count out former Jet and AAF star John Wolford at quarterback for the Rams. I mean, he could put up a good game. Probably, I'm thinking in within like high 100s in terms of yardage and like a touchdown and a pick. I don't see him playing a very solid. All right, now game. Dylan, I have to ask: Are you endorsed by John Wolford here? I'm not, but I mean. <laughs> He did okay in the preseason for the Jets a few years ago. I was a little impressed. I would have hoped they'd keep him on as maybe a third stringer. But nonetheless, um, good. hopefully he does well in this game. Um, it's always cool to see a backup show up and show out in a game like this where they could be playing for a future job. But I think the Cardinals win this game, and I think that the Cardinals could make some noise, Brendan. I mean, we both saw them as a team that could be a firepower kind of offense style that could work well in this NFC and it's done really well at times and I think that I mean you've seen it against the Seahawks where they've come out and played very well and not looked like a young team and where we've talked about you know the Ravens kind of not playing well when the bright lights are on I could say the Cardinals have had that adverse kind of effect where they've played fairly well 
in the bigger situations, and I think they could make some noise. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. They excite me a little more than the Rams do, and I think that they'd be a fun team to watch in the playoffs. I think they'd be very fun to watch because, you know, before the season when we were making our MVP predictions, you know, I had I had a feeling that Kyler Murray was going to be one of the finalists, and he had some moments this year where he really showed that he could be that guy. But there's also been times where he showed that, you know, he caved sometimes. And the Cardinals are a team that I think would definitely be more exciting than the Rams in the playoffs. But the Cardinals are a team that could beat anybody, but they could also lose to anybody. And that's the problem with the Cardinals is you don't know which form of that team you're going to get. Because if they're on, they're really on. And they're very, very hard to stop. But if they're off, they'll lose to anybody. So... I'd much rather see the Cardinals in the playoffs just as for an excite- excitement standpoint. But, you know, if the Rams win this game with John Walford, Walford, wow, Dylan, John Walford, I mean, that's a real, real big step for them, especially with Jared Goff going to be back for the next game. So that'd be pretty big. So I mentioned the Rams clinch it with a win or a Chicago loss. The Bears play the Packers. The Packers have not clinched the number one seed yet, so they will be playing for something. If Chicago loses and Arizona wins, the Cardinals and the Rams both make it, so that could be, you know, a win-win for the Rams there. But the number one seed, like I said, is still up for grabs. Green Bay has it at this moment, but if Green Bay beats Chicago or Seattle loses, they keep it. If Seattle wants the number one seed, they need to win, Green Bay needs to lose, and the Saints need to lose or tie. So it's a little bit trickier for them. For the Saints to get it, they need to beat the Panthers, Green Bay has to lose to Chicago, and Seattle has to win. So, I mean, all sons are pointing to the Packers getting it, right? I mean, would you agree there? I would agree, and before we get going and all that, I just I, I noticed this the other day when I'm starting to realize who the front runner is in the MVP race, and you know we did a whole episode delving into it, and it seemed like in talking about that episode, Brendan, you didn't seem as high on Rodgers as I was, and now I, it looks like he could be the MVP this year, likely yeah. the MVP. And I, I just wanted to throw that out there, just uh, for the listeners, a little. Uh, a little debate that had happened between Brendan and I that's coming to fruition here, and I had to pat myself on the back there a little bit, Brendan. Yeah, and you should pat yourself on the back, absolutely. I mean, you also, I was re-listening to that episode not too long ago, and you also said that, you know, all of my top five MVP candidates were quarterbacks. You had Alvin Kamara in there, and Alvin Kamara, Dylan, he had six touchdowns the other week, so you should really be patting yourself on the back here. I mean, you really went up to me with those, but I think... At this moment, it's really between Mahomes and Rodgers. I think I think Mahomes has the edge right now just because of the record. They have one loss. But I think if Aaron Rodgers plays well again and they beat the Bears here, I think it's Rodgers to lose. I think Rodgers gets it then. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be close. But I think this final game is really Rodgers shot to overtake Mahomes there. I, but, I would probably give it to Rodgers right now just because he's been more consistent. I think Mahomes has had a couple bad games, whereas I can't look at a game right now on Rodgers' resume that was bad. But even I'm going to go back to the Packers question here. I mean, this is a Packers team that they could go 13-3 and again, but this doesn't feel like a 13-3 and team. This feels like a team that 
is better than that team we saw last year that ended up going to the NFC Championship game because their defense is playing a lot better. It seems like LaFleur and Rodgers have a much better bond this year. You have the added um, layer of Robert Tanyan in there in the tight end. Well, Robert Tanyan well. was a complete Pro Bowl snub. I mean, I Evan agree. Ingram was chosen over him, and if he, I was comparing the stats because when I saw that Evan Ingram made it, Dylan, I was very surprised. And <laughs> Tanyan, I think Ingram has you know, a handful of touchdowns, but he has less than five and, or he has five and Tanyan has 10 touchdowns, Dylan. Tanyan has had a much better season and frankly, no one's really talking about him because he's been one of the better tight ends this year in football and he's turned into a weapon that Aaron Rodgers desperately needed and hasn't really had. So, I mean, him, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, um, Aaron Jones. I mean, this offense is definitely scary right now. I agree. I think this is a team that could make a deep run. And to kind of circle back to the original question here, I mean, if all roads lead through Lambeau, I can't see them losing at all. I think that this is a team that could run right into the Super Bowl. And I think that they, I think they'll win this game. Um, but I just think that the issue with me calling this a win for the Packers right now is that the Bears have a lot more on the line. I mean, obviously the playoff spot, but on a much Bigger note, I mean, Matt Nagy is not a sure thing to return next season if they lose this game, nor is Mitch Trubisky, who's been playing. See, Dylan, I agree with that, but it's it's hard for me to see a situation where even if they lose this game that the Bears just let go of Matt Nagy. It seems like they are really just, they're glued together right now. I agree, and I think that, I think their jobs are on the line to an extent, depending on how bad they lose this game, but in a much, in a player note, I guess, I mean, the Super Bowl window that they had had a few years ago is closing. And if Mitch Trubisky doesn't play well in a big game tomorrow, he could be out the door as well. So this is a huge game for the Bears. And I think that there's a little more on the line for them because of all the long-term um, repercussions this loss could have than there is for the Packers. I do think the Packers win this game, but there is a theory kind of floating in my head, Brendan, of... Maybe the Packers decide, okay, the Bears came out a little strong here. Let's rest Rodgers because if the Bears win that game and say they say the either the Seahawks or the Saints win, well, then the Packers would be looking at the Bears in the first round of the playoffs, and maybe they welcome that a little more than they welcome, say, a Cardinals team that could pull off an upset. So there is that notion kind of floating around in my head as well, but I think that this is a Packers team that's been just about unstoppable right now, and I think that I don't see the Bears being the ones to put a stop to this, you know, just steamroll of a team that they have right now in Green Bay. Yeah, right. I mean, that's definitely an interesting theory because I think any NFC team would much rather play the Bears in the playoffs than the Cardinals just because of how explosive that offense and Kyler Murray can be, where you really have to... I mean, Mitchell Trubisky can move. It's not like he's a very stationary quarterback who strictly stands in the pocket, but with Kyler Murray, I mean, this dude's basically a running back at quarterback as well, and you have to account for every single possibility. Any play can be a pass or a run. With the Bears, you know, they're more of a ground-and-pound team where they're going to give it to David Montgomery a lot, and, you know, Allen Robinson is going to get a lot of targets. So you, you, you can game plan for the Bears, I think, much easier than you can for the Cardinals. But, I mean, I don't think that that's enough for the Packers to go out there and just say, you know what, let's rest Rodgers and let's just get ready for the Bears again in the upcoming weeks. 
But Dylan, going back to the number one seed here, the Packers, the Seahawks, and the Saints can all get it. If you're another NFC playoff team, which team do you want to not get the number one seed? Where would you not want to go in and play to get to the Super Bowl? Um, I So if I had to choose between, obviously there's not necessarily the crowd atmosphere that you'd normally look for in playing in Seattle or playing in Green Bay, but in terms of the team I'd like to face, if I'm an NFC team, I'm hoping that the Saints are... The Saints are the more welcome adversary. Whatever situation that is, I think they're the third best team. However the seeding ends up falling, I firmly believe this is a Packers, Seahawks, Saints as the top three rankings, and then this is the Packers conference to lose. But I think that, I mean, you can't just roll over the Saints, but they're just not, they're not themselves. And they've also not been good in the playoffs the past few years. And I think that with the Seahawks, there's always that upset potential of Pete Carroll getting his guys rallied up and just making a real run at this thing. But I just don't see that with the Saints. And I see it with the Packers and the Seahawks, definitely. And maybe even the Rams and the Cardinals more than the Saints. I just don't have a lot of faith in the Saints right now, especially... I mean, now they're going to be without their running backs tomorrow, which is definitely another layer to things because they're starting Ty Montgomery. And that's yeah, definitely absolutely. I mean, Alvin Kamara tested positive. Forced to throw it. And he's yeah. not been good since he got back. And I think that that's another aspect of all of this. So I don't have a lot of faith in the Saints, to be honest, Brendan. And I, if I'm an NFC head coach right now, I'm licking my chops at the idea of potentially facing them in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't really feel very confident in the Saints tomorrow either because... I mean, like you said, Drew Brees hasn't really looked all that great since coming back from his rib injuries, and, you know, Alvin Kamara tested positive, and it seems like every single running back on that team is now out because they are, you know, at risk or close contact with Alvin Kamara, so they're really without all their running backs, so it's not looking, I mean, listen, Taysom Hill may be at running back, he may be lining up there behind Drew Brees every snap, so... It's not looking good for the Saints right now, and the Panthers aren't a team that's going to roll over. I mean, the Panthers are a competitive team with Teddy Two Gloves. So I think they're going to play the Saints pretty tough, and, you know, I could very well see the Saints losing this game. But, you know, I agree. I think that the Packers are the team that I would not want to travel to as the number one seed just because, you know, Lambeau in the winter in the playoffs, it's a, even without the crowd, Dylan, it's a whole other animal. But... You know, regardless, Dylan, there is a lot of action tomorrow in Week 17, and I, it's going to be really interesting to watch as the day unfolds. But to wrap up here, Dylan, some head coaches are on the hot seat. Some are hotter than others, and, you know, some have already pretty much been decided, like Adam Gase is expected to be fired after the Week 17 game tomorrow. You know, Happy New Year's, Jets fans. Hallelujah. But other than that, I mean, which head coaches do you think – their position next year has already been decided, and who do you think this final game makes that decision? Um, well, I think obviously the um, Lions, Falcons, and Texans are looking for a new head coach. Whether the Falcons end up maybe going with Morris could be another layer of this game, but or of this week. Um, Jets probably not bringing back Adam Gase. Lord, I hope not. Um, I just hit on Matt Nagy. That could be a potential firing and an opening um i think doug marone is likely out in jacksonville just about guarantee there as well kind of the same case situation but i mean if the eagles lose this game there is a potential of maybe doug peterson's out which would be huge because that's a that's a high profile job and a high profile candidate to hit the market um 
yeah, I think that's really about it. Um, maybe the Chargers as well with Anthony Lynn. I, I kind of thought it was a lock just a few days ago, but uh, in reading about what the ownership really thinks of Lynn, it's hard to see them maybe ax him, but it's definitely not out the realm of possibility, and I think the odds are still in Lynn's favor to be fired. But there is potential that maybe they do keep him and give him an opportunity next year to run it back. Yeah, I feel the way about Anthony Lynn that I do with Matt Nagy, where I think they could very well be fired, but, I mean, it just seems like it seems like they're going to get another year. It really does. I, I, I don't know what it—I think, you know, Anthony Lynn is a guy who the Chargers haven't really produced um, to where, you know, they were expected to kind of be. I mean, I understand that Justin Herbert's there, and they've been very competitive, but they haven't won games— and that's, you know, you can play well, but if you lose games, it's, it doesn't matter. You're not going to have a job. But I could see, I see Anthony Lynn staying another year. I see Matt Nagy staying another year. I think Doug Marone is definitely gone. Um, I mean, one more question, Dylan. With all those coaches potentially being fired, you know, Doug Peterson also, Could where do you see, like, who do you see replacing those jobs? Do you see Todd Bowles getting another shot? Do you see some college coaches moving to the NFL? Who do you like to have a job in the NFL? after week 17 um so i'll go through a quick couple of predictions that i'm i feel good about uh the lions i think they go robert sala the defensive coordinator from the 49ers i think he's the kind of guy that would get that team fired up um a guy that the legislature there is wrote a letter to ownership hoping that he gets hired because he's a dearborn michigan um guy so he's gonna have a lot of offers there um the Falcons, Falcons are hard because I could see Morris there. I think they go with a veteran CEO type in Marvin Lewis. I think that that's a, a strange hire, but maybe the sensical hire there for them. Um, I think the Texans go be enemy. I think that then they would try to pair him maybe with Jack Dorsey as general manager. Um, I think the Jaguars are a tough one because there's the possibility of maybe Urban Meyer here. Uh, I, don't, I don't love Urban Meyer to be hired here, but maybe Urban Meyer... And then aside from that, maybe Joe Brady. And then for the Jets, I mean, I just I just hope they make the right decision. As Jets fans, I just hope they don't go with another retread. I hope they give an opportunity to somebody who can be the CEO type, whether that's Brian Dabble, Arthur Smith, Joe Brady, Wake Martindale, Matt Campbell, Pat Fitzgerald, P.J. Fleck. Somebody who can come in there and change the culture is what I want in New York. I think Wink Martindale ends up being the higher but I don't count out Matt Campbell, Brian Dabble, Arthur Smith, or Joe Brady in that race as well. All right, Dylan. Well, certainly a lot to look for tomorrow in terms of games, playoff seating, and you know changes at head coach. So in a very exciting Week 17, Dylan, um, we'll be back after the games to do a Week 17 cleanup and a playoff watch episode, Dylan. It was fun. You can find us on Twitter at Brendan Carp ESM and at Dylan Price 27. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.